0: Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. I really meant it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's try it again. Awesome. Hey, we are so, so, so glad that you guys are able to be with us tonight as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Lord of the world and the savior of the world. And let me just say, thank you so much. If you're a guest joining us today, or if you, if you guys are here tonight, I know that you have um, lots of celebrations that are coming up over over the next uh, course, the next couple of days, probably lots of traditions, lots of dinners, lots of family, lots of presents. And so let me just say, thank you so, so, so much for making this part of your Christmas plans and joining us. Like I said, as we celebrate the substance of Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, I, I want to kind of tonight tell us a little bit of a story. It's kind of a weird story, and it's, it's a story about Christmas, even though it's not really a Christmas story per se. And so um, this is a story that, at least for me, it kind of helps me understand Christmas or at least helps me process through Christmas, and my hope is that maybe it can be helpful for you um, as well. So when I, was, uh, when I was a newlywed, when my wife and I were new- newlyweds, uh, we went to an animal rescue shelter to pick out our first dog together. Um, so it was before kids, and you know that the getting the dog thing is sort of a big deal. And so we went to go get our first dog together at a rescue shelter. And if you guys have ever been to an animal rescue shelter, you know it can be a really heartbreaking situation to see all the different animals that don't have homes, and it can be a really sad situation. But we went in, and we ended up getting this dog. And she was a mutt, right? So she's part golden retriever, and she was part, um, I think, husky, and part just a bunch of other stuff. I don't even know exactly what she was. But the reason that we ended up picking her over the other dogs that were there is because she was seriously one of the most gentle, docile dogs that you had ever met, just an absolute sweetheart of a dog. And even though she would eventually grow to be over 50 pounds, um, she totally thought she was a lap dog, right? So she would want to get up and kind of cuddle with you and those type of things. And we just loved her, adored her. And one of the things that I loved about this dog, and some of you might, if you're pet owners, you may have found this delight as well. But one of the things that I loved about this dog was as gentle as she was and as docile as she was, there was a whole other side of her that would come out whenever you'd bust out one of these. You guys know what I'm talking about? The laser pointer, right? And, and there's nothing new to this. Uh, many of you have found the hours and hours of sheer delight that this little device can bring to any pet owner, right? And we all know how this works. And so she would be laying there, uh, my dog would, being her gentle, docile self. And I would, I would shine this light somewhere near her. And I don't know what happens in their mind. But for whatever reason, she would see this light. And I don't know if she registered it as an object or an insect or whatever. But like I said, a whole other side would come out of this animal. And she would launch into attack mode. So I would shine this light somewhere near her, right? She'd be laying there and her eyes would get big and her ears would perk up. And she would do that sideways head thing that dogs do, you know what I'm talking about? And then she would launch into attack mode and she would try to bite this thing and claw this thing and she would go after it and growl at it. And my wife and I, we would do this for like a half an hour and she would just chase it. And I started to become a master at this thing. I actually learned some tricks like this one. Can you guys see the light on my hand? watch this trick. This is awesome. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> and it, tr- it tricked my dog too. And um, it worked out really well. So we would do this and, and I'm, I'm not joking. We would do it for like a half an hour at a time. And, and it just seemed like we would watch her and we would just laugh and laugh and laugh. You know, it's interesting. If you go to YouTube and you search for animals chasing laser pointers, uh, one of the things that you'll find is that this is not something that just dogs do either but many animals are known to chase after the laser pointer. So for example, did you know that chickens have been known to chase after the laser pointer? How about this one? Fish have been known to chase after the laser pointer. Here's a weird one. Spiders have been known to chase after the laser pointer, which is equally as creepy as it is awesome, right? And, uh, and toddlers too have been known to chase after the laser pointer. And so if you're trying to have fun this Christmas and you have a toddler, give it a try. Tell me how it goes right on Christmas day. But the cool thing about my dog was, like I said, we could do this for like a half an hour at a time, and it would never register in her mind that she was chasing after something that she could never catch. It would never occur to her that her efforts were in vain, right? And so inevitably what would happen is she would get tired, or we would get bored, and we'd put the laser pointer away until the next day. And I'd get it out, and I would shine it near, and her eyes would get big, and her ears would perk up and she would just launch into attack mode all over again. And she would just go after this laser pointer. And it seemed like day after day, which of course turned to week after week and month after month, she would chase that light and she would chase that light and she would chase that light. Now this might sound like kind of a weird thing to say, but sometimes during Christmas, I can feel like my dog chasing after that laser pointer. And, and, and here's what I mean. Every time of year when Christmas comes around, right? When Thanksgiving is over, and the Christmas season approaches us, it's almost like a light appears. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like a thrill of Christmases in the air. The Christmas lights go up, the music starts playing, the stores start decorating, and the sales begin, and Christmas is among us. And it's almost like there's a light that appears in the midst of a dim world. We get time off of work. We get time off of school. We get to be with our families, right? And, and it seems like everyone gets along, or at least we try to get along, and everyone's saying stuff like peace on earth and goodwill to men. And, and it seems like all Christmas season, doesn't it, there's this anticipation. This anticipation for the gifts and for the celebrations and anticipation for the traditions. And Oh, man, the traditions, right? The nostalgia of grandma's cookies, right? Or the tradition of going over to Uncle Joe, Joe's house for dinner or whatever it is that your family does. So, so, so the, right now it's the eve of Christmas Eve, right? And many of you are probably preparing to go and do things that maybe you've done for years and years and years in the past, going over to a relative's house for a dinner or whatever it is that you're about to do. And there's a thrill to it, isn't there? There's an excitement to it all. And it's almost like the Christmas spirit is palpable. It's almost like you can grab it, right? But then something weird happens. We get there, right? We get to Christmas day, we get to the presents, we get to the celebrations, we get to the trees. And it's almost like all of this anticipation and all of this waiting is finally over. And then it's done, right? Christmas finishes. And slowly we start throwing away all the wrapping paper in the boxes and the relatives start going home. We start putting things away. We start taking the lights down, right? For some of you, you take the Christmas lights down in January. For some of us, it's a little more like February. For some of you, it's March, right? For some of you, you have never taken your Christmas lights down, right? But, but we start putting Christmas away. We go back to school. We go back to work. And then there's that 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 Christmas hangover. You guys know what I'm talking about? That feeling you get after Christmas is done. It's almost like a letdown, like that was all. Or maybe for some of you, Christmas is already a hard time of year because it reminds you of a loved one who you have since lost and they're no longer part of Christmas celebration or maybe a family that you've lost. And I think what some of us have come to find is that all this anticipation and all of this waiting during this season, that in a lot of ways, it's a lot like that beam of light, right? That it's like the laser pointer. And we came to find that we chased it and we chased it and we chased it and we chased it only to find that when we got there, it was gone. Till the next year and the light appears all over again and the chase is on all over again. And it seems like year after year, we chase that light, we chase that light, we chase that light. Now, I know that might sound like kind of a depressing thing to talk about on the eve of Christmas Eve, right? The letdown that happens after Christmas. But please hear me right on this. I do not say that to discourage us, not at all. I don't want to discourage you from the tradition and the presence and the family and and all that kind of stuff. No, please enjoy that. Enjoy every second of it. But the reason I say that is not to discourage us, but rather to direct us to draw our attention to the, subs- to the substance of what Christmas is all about. Let me explain it this way. So C.S. Lewis, he was an Oxford professor and he wrote this really great little essay that was called Reflections in a Toolshed. And in this, uh, this essay that he wrote, he explains an experience where he was standing in a dark tool shed, And as he was standing in this shed, there was a beam of light that was pouring in through one of the cracks in the door. So C.S. Lewis went up to the beam of light and he looked through the beam of light And as he followed the beam of light, he was able to see outside of the tool shed. And outside of the tool shed, of course, he could see the trees that were just outside. And then, of course, some 90 million odd miles away, he was able to see the sun. See, what C.S. Lewis says is really interesting. He says that in a lot of ways, that's kind of an illustration of what it means to be a Christian. C.S. Lewis says that a Christian is a person who can trace the beam back to the sun. That a Christian is a person who doesn't try to cling to the beam, but instead can trace it back to its origins and trace it back to its source. Because think about it. What can you do with a beam of light, right? You can't contain it. You can't grab it, but you can follow it. You can trace it to its source. See, I think that this is what James, Jesus's little brother meant in the book of James when he wrote these words. He said this, he said, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the father of lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. You see, I think James is saying the same thing. What he's saying is this, every good and perfect gift that we have in this life, every good and perfect gift we experience this holiday season, the family and the traditions and the presence, that all of those things are a beam of light that we need to trace back to the sun, right? It's a good gift that comes from the giver of good gifts. In Colossians chapter two, the apostle Paul says something real similar to that. He's actually talking about traditions and holidays. And he says this, he says that these are a shadow of the things that are to come. But then he goes on and says, but the substance is found in Christ. So you see what Paul is saying is like, don't chase shadows and miss the substance. You see what Paul is saying is what James is saying is what C.S. Lewis is saying is what my dog shows me, right? And that's this, don't chase shadows and miss the substance, but trace the beam of light back to its origins, right? Listen, you guys know this as well as I do. During the holiday season, it is easy for us to chase shadows, isn't it? It is easy for us to make Christmas about so many other things, about the gifts and the traditions and the family. And and like, like I said, enjoy it, enjoy all of that. It's awesome, right? But don't chase shadows and miss the substance. Because listen, the substance of Christmas is Jesus Christ who is born among us. And you guys, the substance of Christmas tells us that we can have real hope, not synthetic hope, not seasonal hope, not a shadow of hope, but the real thing. Because Jesus born in the manger shows us that God has not abandoned us that he cares for us, that he came to us, that God so loved the world that he gave his son. You guys, the substance of Christmas gives us real peace, right? Not, not a shadow of peace, not seasonal peace, but the real thing, right? Because the, the baby who was born on the manger would grow to be the man on the cross who would die for the sins of the world. So this holiday season, you guys, enjoy the shadow, have fun with it, but cling to the substance. Set your heart and mind on the substance. Worship the substance.
1: I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests.